All right. This is Polo. This is Beckett. We here. We coming. The battle continues. This is Born to Battle. Hey, Plone, I'm ready. Are you ready for our show today? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this one. We have a pretty cool guest joining us. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, most definitely. They will like this one. So who exactly do we have with us, Chris? We have the one, the only, amazing Taylor Lou. Hi. <laughs> Welcome, Taylor. Of course. Thank you for joining us. I know you got to set him up every time for this. So you, I mean, you're basically one of the co-hosts. Yeah. <laughs> You're the AR team. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so for today's show, we are going to jump into our question session. There'll just be some random questions. Since we have three people, let's just do one question each and then we'll all answer them. How about that? I'm on board with that, man. Okay. Uh, Chris, you, you start with a question. All right, so, and uh, we can agree, everyone has cooked a meal or two before. What was one meal that you messed messed up terribly, either burned, or tasted bad, anything of that sort that you've done in the past? So, Everything I cook is great, so. <laughs> oh, last time. So, for me, my meal that really got me was uh, one Saturday morning back in high school. And I was the most excited about this meal because I woke up late, I was enjoying myself, and I thought, let's make the greatest breakfast ever, pancakes. And I began to make them, went through the whole process, cooked them, ate them, tasted like shit. (laughs) And I was like, what did I do wrong? All right, let me do it again. Made it, and it, took a bite, tasted like shit again. I was mind-boggled by how I could screw a pancake. Um, and it's just like pancake, like pancake mix, right? And you add water? No, bro. I'm making from scratch. Oh, you're going from scratch. Oh, yeah. That's (laughs) good banking. Okay. That's why I was laughing because I was like, how do you mess that up? I don't get it. (laughs) Oh, man. So, come to find out, twice in a row, 
I misread it and put baking soda uh-huh. instead of baking powder. Oh, man. <laughs> Those were terrible baking. I bet. So did you try a third time? Yeah, I got it right. You got it right? Oh, good good lesson. It was. And now I always know. Be very careful when reading directions. That's and true. I have not had an experience like that yet. I am or was a great chef. I could read. About all the directions. Other than that, Tom. Pancakes now. <laughs> oh, no. From scratch. <laughs> Whatever. That's a, that's a good story. I, I mean, I feel like I've baked some things and they've failed miserably, but I don't have a specific example. And I've tried to make, the first time I tried to make pad thai didn't go well. The noodles literally had no flavor or only tasted like fish sauce and it just wasn't good. I'm pretty sure I threw it all away. But what about you, Taylor? Any examples? The first ones that come to mind are when Chris decided to be vegan a couple years ago and we like went down this rabbit hole of trying all these different vegan recipes and they tasted horrible. It was so bad. So we learned very quickly that a lot of the like breads that have a lot of coconut ingredients will just taste like coconut and mm. not so much like pizza crust or um, what are the other ones? Non pancakes, all of that. Mm. It kind of all tasted like coconut. So mm. we we decided to go another way and just go with a lot of Indian food and Ethiopian food and items that were already vegan. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's recipes though. It yeah. Was, it was bad and expensive. Yeah. We threw away a lot of expensive ingredients. Right. Yeah. I think finding just like a normal diet that fits in line with your diet is like the best route to go. <laughs> Uh-huh. Finding those recipes like Indian food is mostly just vegetarian based. So yeah, and substituting our tofu or veggies for other meals make it real simple and easy, and a lot less difficult than one might assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Well, Taylor, do you have a random question for us? I have one, if you're not ready. Okay, you go. All right. So growing up as a kid, like first day back at school was one of the days you wanted to look your freshest, right? So you would wear like a new outfit. Did you guys have, or do you like, do you guys remember one specifically? You're like, I cannot wait to wear this the first day of school. <laughs> you guys were a lot cooler than me. <laughs> I do. Mine, that thing was my maybe freshman year. And only because my mom was one of those moms 
would take a picture. <laughs> but I wore my Michael Jordan Washington bullet throwback when he was on the wizard. Mm-hmm. I wore that my first day. I was so excited. Love jerseys. We're so fresh. <laughs> Absolutely. Taylor, you, you don't really have one? <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys were definitely a lot cooler than me in school okay. than, than I was. Um, but honestly, the first things that come to mind were more like being excited about school supplies and like my, my folders and backpacks. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> Not so much what I was wearing, but the new uh, pens and highlighters that I got to use. My favorite yeah. for growing up was staples. <laughs> really sad. That, that's hilarious. I don't know if I've said that out loud since I was <laughs> eight years old. <laughs> oh, man. You can ask my parents, though. They'll vouch for me. Yeah. That's funny. Well, I cannot think of a single first day outfit that I was super yeah. excited. I'm sure I was. I, I'm sure there. I was excited first day of school for whatever I was wearing, but definitely more about the school supplies. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mostly remember the shoes. So yeah, like a, a fresh white pair of Air Force Ones, I'm pretty oh. sure. And then like some some jeans and I mean just like whatever new shirt I got and then nothing special but it was all about the shoes <laughs> it was it certainly was I um on that day for me I wore my fake Northern 11 the white with blue I knew they were fake I didn't care I was like these are clean. All mothers are real, but I found love not one. Yeah. I mean, most people didn't really know they were fake. At, at that age, I don't think really people really cared. No, no war. We're competent. Yeah, that's what matters. Oh, you ain't seen these? These are exclusives. <laughs> oh, bro, I painted them myself. Oh, you guys <laughs> Customizer over here. Uh-huh. Oh, I got the connect. I'm um, straight from the factory. Hey. Mabel would always lie about that. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Taylor. Uh, what's your question for the group? I've been trying to think for the last, like, 45 seconds. Did you guys have, did you guys have North Face jack- or backpacks or jackets when you were in high school? Uh-huh. Not in high school, but in college. Mm-hmm. Backpack, high school. It wasn't that cool in high school. Jacket. Oh, it was really popular in high school for us. The fleeces. Yeah. Oh, well, you, also, you guys wore jackets a lot more often than we did. Uh-huh. That is true. <laughs> it might have been the reason. But yeah, I didn't really know about it. Tell me about your first pet. My first pet? 
I think my first pet was a dog. Well, <laughs> I mean, because like I had a fish, but I don't really consider that like a pet. Did right, you, would you consider fish? Like, stole your heart. Oh, yeah. Mickey. Aww. Mickey was technically, my parents always say he was my dog. Like I was the one that wanted the dog. And they got one. So they obviously love me. <laughs> but he was just like a really energetic, uh, loving dog. And yeah, a, a West Highland White Terrier. Is that like the one that's on that commercial? The, the Caesars? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that kind uh-huh. of dog. Yeah. So eventually my parents got two more. So we had three all at once. Wow. Now they're down to one. We'll have to get more. <clears throat> yeah. I, actually, my mom just the other night was like, for the longest time, she's like, I, I, I can't do it. I can't get another dog after this one. It's just too sad every time. And then just most recently, she's like, yeah, I think we'll probably uh, get the same breed. But <laughs> like but like in a couple years or something. So we can do what we want for a little while. Mm. But who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if it's like right after. <laughs> but yeah. What about you, Chris? My first one, my dog, my parents had, before I was born, and I loved it, it was a great dog, but the first pet-like thing I had myself that I implemented was Frogs. Frogs. I went, yeah. I went and caught frogs in the pond nearby house. I like none of them. And I got crickets from the eating everything. Did you ever get any warts from them? No. I no. never kissed them. They're all little frogs. Yeah. So you didn't grow them once you didn't catch them as tadpoles? Oh uh, no. No. Okay, so you're not like the mom. Um then and then the fifteen. Yeah, we go to the pond and then we grab them. <laughs> yeah, I used to catch frogs when I was a kid too, but no, I just don't want anything to do with them. All right, me too. They really serve no purpose for me. Other than eating mosquitoes. They're good for that. All right, Taylor. What about you? Did you what was your first pet? Is it another dog? Yeah. Yeah. My first pet was a dog. Chemo was a little Bichon. Chemo. Did you know Kamal's brother's nickname has been Chemo? I don't think I knew Kamal had a brother. <laughs> I was just thinking that as well. But yeah, he has a, a younger brother. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had Chemo. Cute little white fluff ball. But I think it taught our whole family that my brother and I were not responsible enough to actually have a dog at that age 
and my dad ended up having to take care of the dog quite a bit. So, yeah. how old were you? Oh, we were pretty young. Uh, maybe before kindergarten. Okay. Oh, that is young. My brother's four years older, so we weren't like really ready to walk the dog. Yeah. I don't think I'd trust a four-year-old with a dog. (laughs) He'd like play with it. And and that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was in middle school my parents got that dog and uh, even then I didn't take care of it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like the first week I was like, all right, I helped with the training part a little bit. You can handle the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Before we got pork chop, Chris and my mother both were convinced that I was not ready to have a dog. They thought, well, Chris has thought that I'd be like ready to have a baby. I'd be a good mother, but I wouldn't like be able to handle a dog. Oh, interesting. Before we got pork chop, Chris suggested that I walk a leash (laughs) around the neighborhood every day, twice a day to prove that I will actually take our dog for a walk. And I told my mom and she said, that's actually a really good idea. And that I needed to prove it to both of them. And I did not do that, but. um, (laughs) I thought you, I thought you actually did. (laughs) We did go for walks every day. Um, I did not carry around an empty leash, but I took Chris for a walk every day. So I think that kind of counted. Yeah, hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pork chops alive and healthy and thriving. So yeah, I was like, just imagining you walking around with like a a, a leash just hanging down <laughs> around the neighborhood. I think that's what Chris intended. <laughs> that would have been great. I feel like that should be in a TV show. It's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> That is messed up that you would make her do that or tell her to do that. <laughs> oh, well. Was it, wait, but was it meant to be a joke or not? That's the question. I don't think it was meant to be a joke. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> it's safe, safe. Seriously doubting my dog ownership abilities, which is fair. I, yeah. I only keep him alive, so it's just <laughs> I keep a dog alive. Well, this is actually a pretty convenient segue into the ALS update. Part of the reason Taylor is joining us today is so that she can give perspective on being a caretaker for Chris and just give us an idea of what like a daily routine is and what she goes through as as his main primary caretaker. So yeah, that, that was the perfect segue into that. Um, so Taylor. Could you just walk us through like what one of your normal work days is um, with Chris? Sure. Uh, so a normal work day, since I am still working full time, working from home, uh, consists of waking up uh, early enough to take care of my myself, get dressed, get ready. Um, start the work day, get a lot of my work emails and business taken care of 
um, all before about nine o'clock when Chris is usually waking up, um, checking in on him sporadically to make sure that he isn't awake earlier or needs mm-hmm. more sleep. Um, and then the day begins, getting him out of bed, using the restroom, getting him dressed, brushing his teeth. Uh, if there's physical therapy or occupational therapy that day, then making sure um, we're aligned on the appointments and the schedules and my work calls that I have scheduled um, if I need to be in a different room than him, all of that sorts. Um, once we're out of the bedroom, then goes into the kitchen and that's prepping him food. Um, he is pretty much eating fruits or smoothies. So cutting up, blending, whatever I need to do there and then feeding him, uh, with a straw, he can feed himself with anything else than I feed him, um, which can sometimes take a while. And I sometimes forget that I'm feeding him when I walk away and he'll like bring it up a half hour later. Like, can I finish eating my, my breakfast? Um, so that's kind of a process sometimes, but we get through it and then it's back to work for most of the day. Um, helping him, being available to him whenever he needs to use the restroom, if he wants to eat anything, if he needs to move, if he's uncomfortable. Um, Just going outside to the backyard, opening the doors, closing the doors behind him. Uh, Anything I'm missing? Midday. One thing that does take up a good amount of the day for me is scratching Chris's head. And picking his nose. Oh, and what? How often do you have to pick his nose? No, no, no. Quite often. Especially if there's an uncontrollable sneeze. (laughs) But scratching his head takes a lot of the afternoon. Chris literally was like looking through Netflix or whatever and was in the middle of saying fantastic flower when he just fantastic (laughs) just like you could hear it splatter on the ground like i had to get i had to get a mop to clean it up wow it was the most disgusting (laughs) mid-sentence sneeze and that's how it is with him boys are gross i don't always like that Mine, I, I sneeze really loud, I feel like. Do you know? Well. I don't hold it in. I don't go. I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that shit. <laughs> part, of the, part of the best part of sneezing is the release. Uh, <laughs> I can't. But you can like. I can't comfort anymore. Yeah. Well, the other problem is if Chris doesn't have his uh, wheelchair seatbelt on also when he sneezes. He could like jump out of his chair and his legs go like flying. And it's just, it's a very dangerous thing when he sneezes for everybody. For everyone. But yeah. <laughs> you do not need to add that part in. You can edit that one out. Uh, all right. All right. When he sneezes now and with the mask. Oh God, it's so gross. It just like keeps it all in there. 
<laughs> yeah, I bet. You yes, need to yeah. get, get him a full face shield all the time. No, then you'd be able to see it. <laughs> you need just like a, a, a wall. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. bad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> have all bathroom needs. Uh, if there is anything he's working on, um, applications, paperwork, medical stuff, life stuff, then usually I'm doing that in the background, um, just typing things up for him if he wants to post on Instagram or he. Uh, gets frustrated texting you back. I don't read all of your guys' texts, I promise. No. There's nothing to hide there. <laughs> Why? Why not? Why do I do that? Why do I text for you? Because my hands don't work well. Oh. Sometimes when he'll get frustrated using his phone because his hands and dexterity are going uh i'll i'll just pick up wherever he leaves off uh to kind of avoid getting any deeper into that frustration um and yeah that's kind of all the midday routine and then in the evening it's uh sometimes consists of showering transferring him to a shower chair going through the whole shower process uh drying off process shaving, brushing teeth, and getting him into bed and getting him comfortable enough into bed. So that usually takes a lot of adjusting. Chris sleeps with a lot of pillows. <laughs> He's taken all of the pillows in the house. Uh, so all he, behind your head? No, side, feet. Oh, okay. Everything. Uh, oh, gotcha. To like fully adjust to comfort. I gotcha. Totally. So... Um, yeah, I think that's kind of an average day. Anything evening I'm missing? Hmm. What are some of like the, the harder parts just physically for you, Taylor, uh, in helping? Physically, it's the brute strength behind moving him. Uh, that's something I definitely get the most frustrated about and I beat myself up about it because I think, you know, if I was just stronger, this would all just be a lot easier. Um, transferring him as his legs are getting weaker, as his ankles are getting weaker, he can't really support himself. So it's really kind of a one swoop transfer. I can't like rest him to stand him up sort of thing. Um, and that can, you know, if I don't have a really good grip or I'm not in a good stance, get a little dangerous. And if he kind of falls into his chair or I, I feel like he's not super safe, then I'll, I'll get pretty upset, uh, about, you know, just getting an easier process in place that's safe for him and safe for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say that strength is probably the most frustrating. Physically. And right now we're working to get a higher lift to make it easier to transfer me. Yeah. Well, uh, 
hopefully soon get a Hoyer lift that is kind of like a uh, bucket. Um, <laughs> how do you explain it? It's like a an a arm. Crane. Yeah. Okay. It's like a crane that. Okay. You'd strap Chris in, and then the crane does the lifting, rotating, and then you can lower him into whatever seat or bed that he needs to be transferred into. Okay. Is that something that would be installed in your room? Or? They're portable. Yeah. They'll oh, they're portable. Around. Okay. That's convenient. Yes, totally. And there's a lot of different types. There's some that insurance will cover that are more manual work. Um, and there's some nicer ones that uh, are, are a little lighter, a little more stable, power operated. So there's a lot of different varieties. Yeah. yeah. Just out of curiosity, do you know how much those run? I think Hoyers are around 2000 And the cheap one, expensive coming five. 5,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We haven't looked into buying one ourselves yet because um, Medi-Cal will cover one, but we're not sure what that is. If it is, you know, the basic cheapest model, then it might not be the most beneficial or it might cause more frustration. So we're going to, we're going to see what we can get. I got you. Yeah. I was just, just curious. I mean, just one of those additional costs of mm-hmm. care basically. So. Nice. Well, thanks for sharing that. I mean, the, the day days go by quickly. Right. But for some, like for myself, I, I worry about what I do only and I'm able to do whatever I want, you know, just like you can Taylor. And just the fact that you're, you're helping Chris day in and day out. Like not only is it, it can be straining for you. Um, it's not always the easiest for Chris, but it's a, a beautiful thing that you guys are, are able to work together in this and do it as a team. And I love it. I'd love to see it. And I think a big thing is too, where it's not always physical, it's mental too, because no matter what, you have good days or bad days. And the shitty part is if she's having a bad day, she can't, she cannot take a day off. But if she wants to be frustrated, she doesn't truly get the opportunity because I'm still always in need or anything like that. So it's it's really tough on her, but she is strong mentally. Mm -hmm. She might not be as strong as she hopes to be physically, but she's able to really overcome that. And I think we, actually, I know we do a really good job of 
are having open communication if either of us, either of us is having a tough day. Where it's like, I gotta feed you again, or I don't wanna cut this food, where it's, yeah, pain in the ass. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I I struggle with that for myself. I was like, I, I look in the mirror. I'm like, I gotta feed you again. Didn't <laughs> you just eat? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. That communication is huge, and uh, yeah, the mental side of the support is just as important as the physical side. Are there are there anything like activities that you do just for yourself, Taylor, to to help give you some balance and a little escape i don't know if there's too much i do on my own there's a balance that chris and i talk about a lot in between being his caregiver and being his fiance Uh, there's usually when i'm most frustrated it's because i feel like solely a caregiver um and i don't get to enjoy that fiance part and i think that's when I feel the most pampered and the most uh, loved is when I can feel like a fiance and it's, you know, a little bit more normal and we get to watch TV together and um, I'm not interrupted by Chris having to go to the bathroom or uh, having to eat a long three hour meal um, Mm. eating him. So I think that's where my balance is right now. We've recently talked about defining that those lines a little bit better. Um, it's hard to not be a caregiver when Chris is around, even if there is an extra set of hands to help. Um, that Chris has fortunately, Chris's whole family has really stepped in to help and give it an extra set of hands when needed and. Um, I found that when Chris is physically out of the house is the time that I get that mental space to really think about what I want to do with my time and how I want to spend it. Um, When he is here, I'm always thinking about either our future and what we need to get done or the next event that we're working towards. Um, it's, it's not usually just about myself. So that's definitely a topic that has come up more recently. And for both of us, getting a little bit of independence back in our relationship so that we can be stronger for each other and not, um, just a a caregiver and a patient. Yeah. I think what's tough is some of the, um, the lines get blurred. So it's about um, understanding and identifying that and constantly working working through it because relationships themselves are by no means easy at all. And they take a lot of work. And so add a lesson and another layer of complication and 
more adjustment so we're always trying to understand where we are and making sure we have individual goals for ourselves and supporting each other and getting that done and dying back to being there for each other. So yeah, relationships are hard, period. Yeah. We're, we're aware of it and Alice throws another curveball at you. That's for damn sure. <laughs> As you both can attest to. I would like to add that being a caregiver is hard and uh, I definitely give props to anyone who's a caregiver in their day-to-day lives. But being Chris's caregiver with his positive mindset, I know we always talk about that. Chris is the most positive person most of us have met. He bounces back from his frustrations and his bad days so fast that it's usually my moodiness <laughs> that is uh, more of the, the topic on a day-to-day than him actually getting out of his funks. Um, when I beat myself up, for example, uh, I was showering him recently and I forgot to turn the nozzle from the like overhead shower to the hose. And so it just dumped on Chris from the overhead shower, like right when I turned it on and it was freezing cold. <laughs> and Chris's body like went into this shock like state and he had this like pissed off look on his face. I felt so bad as anyone would. Um, and I just beat myself up over it for so long. And I was really moody through the whole shower. And Chris was already cracking jokes by like, <laughs> and was like, just make sure you turn the nozzle. <laughs> and I was just so snappy with him because I felt like a bad caregiver. And I felt like I hurt Chris because of my negligence or something that I should have been able to prevent. Um, and Chris, you know, explained it happens. That's life. We move on. I've moved on. It's okay. Um, and that's how we get through the hard times is honestly like Chris cracks a joke and by the next thing he needs food, peeing, whatever it is, we're back to normal. And it makes it so much easier than I know so many other caregivers are working through to have this man next to me who can make it all as easy as it can be is I know I'm, I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. His personality is all right. He's all right. I haven't been punched in the face by a complete stranger. Don't want a good path. Is that your standard? Of course. (laughs) Isn't that everyone? No. No. 
Walking no, that's not. I don't think I've ever been punched in the face intentionally. Oh, right. No, no. <laughs> Chris, what did you do? Your head hit my chin. Oh, yeah. Your shoulder. Just last night, and I like thought I chipped a tooth. It hurt so bad. Mm. Yeah. Welcome to my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I definitely rammed Chris's feet into the walls a few times and his head into the Ooh. door a few times. One day we were getting into the car and she hit my hand about four times. I was just trying to get his body into the car. And it was like, okay, this is starting to hurt. It's just like... <laughs> I'm, uh, too much brain. Uh, a big head. That's everything. There you go. Uh, Taylor, do you have any advice for those that are in relationships in the situation with ALS or as a caretaker? Like, what helps you kind of get through these struggles at times? The thing that helps me the most is the communication. I think. Being a caregiver to your significant other is a very specific situation. Uh, and Chris is not always an open book, but I am. And I need to sometimes pull it out of him or just lay it out, whatever I'm feeling. Um, I know he's always processing other things in his head that he doesn't share with me that are more tied to the ALS part of life. Um, but from our, for our relationship, I like to talk about things a lot and have a plan. And if something's not working, figure out what it is and we'll work through it together because I think it, Benefits both of us, whether Chris likes to admit it or not. <laughs> Communication. That's facts. That's facts. That's so truthful. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, if you can't talk about things, it leads to disaster. <laughs> I, I know from example, from personal experience. <laughs> sometimes I don't talk enough, <laughs> and disaster follows. <laughs> You guys can turn this into a dating podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, we don't want to do that. I'll eventually talk about it, but I certainly am not the one to initiate them. Yeah. Because yeah, I process them internally and I can resolve them. Um, myself, and so it. Taylor's like, no. <laughs> he resolves his half of it, but there's yeah. really another half that needs to be resolved, mm -hmm. and that's where the that's where the problems and, start. Yeah, and um, by no means, um, at the point where I need to be, but I would hope I'm making strides in that direction 
for our relationship as a whole. And it's for sure getting out of my comfort zone because how I mentioned everything in my life was based around physical abilities and having none of that now is very challenging because I have to use my mind in different ways than I've been accustomed to my whole life where if saying and something needs me fixed or moved, oh, I go do it. Now I have to explain how to do it, and that's always more challenging than you think, or, you know, a lot, a lot of things. Cologne, have you read the, um, is it five love languages? Mm. Yeah. Well, I haven't read it. I know what they are, though. Uh, Chris, Chris had me read it. <laughs> yeah. What are your love languages? Um, I think my what's number one was acts of services. Acts okay, of services. I could see that for you. And then it's like the talking one. But going back to what Chris was saying about words how- of affirmation. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what Chris was talking about in regards to he used to be able to just do whatever needed to get done around the house. And that was his way of showing me that he was there to support me. And he was, you know, trying to build our life together that now he can't do that. And I know that that does frustrate him when he can't just take the trash out when it's trash day and I don't remember to do it. Um, he, he does constantly have to find new ways to show his love and his support and he does a really good job of it he's an incredible listener he's an incredible navigator when we're driving (laughs) he's he's just very present and that for our relationship specifically he never forgets anything and i think that is the best way that he can show his love and support for me is being there, present, yeah. Alert, aware, and yeah. Some good old QT. Um, Quality time. A lot of QT. Uh-huh. Yeah. What about physical touch? Where does that rank? Mine was always something, and I still love it. Well, I'm just like, if she put her hand on my hand or something, or hold me because I can hold her as well. Those are important. I'm really good at snuggling with my head and just nestling <laughs> on her shoulders. Um, um, but I mean, Chris is good at saying, I want to hug. Can you wrap my arms around you? And we'll have a moment, and that's how we hug now. And that's it that's really sweet. <laughs> and a lot of it is we're learning to adapt to our constantly 
attaining new normal and being uncomfortable is a stage we're learning to be comfortable with. Yeah, that's that's huge. Being able to be comfortable in an uncomfortable state is mm. is not easy. So cheers to y'all. Y'all doing it. We're trying. Um, we're trying. <laughs> All right. Uh Taylor, you got any ALS raps you can you can throw out for us to, to outro? Is that part of it? Yeah. <laughs> you got some bars? There you go. You got bar. some rhymes? No rhymes. No rhymes? Okay. No, it was was just a joke. I think you guys are doing an awesome job with this podcast, and I am learning so much about you, (laughs) Pallone. And Chris, too. And uh, I think you guys are doing a great job sharing all of your inner feelings. Keep it up. Will do, will do. (laughs) It's been fun. Continues to be fun. All right. Uh, yes, Taylor, thank you so much for joining us today and help uh, give the people an idea of what you go through as well as part of this this whole thing and your relationship. Uh, I think it's really helpful and I enjoyed the discussion. So thanks again. People can find us on BeckettsBattle.com. You can learn about Chris a little bit if you want. He's all right. He's cool. We talk a lot. He talks a lot. He rambles. I'm rambling. (laughs) Find us on Spotify, Google, Amazon, Apple Podcasts. Listen, leave reviews. Yeah. And keep up with the DMs. It's great hearing your responses. All the newcomers. And friends, I do. Absolutely.